Welcome back to the California Work Comp Report. In a perfect world, we would like to trust the author of impairment reports to do a complete and accurate job. But as we've learned throughout our episodes, writing impairment reports is as much art as it is science. That's why today, Dr. John Alchemy shows us the importance of assessing the skill of the author in part two of our series on impairment rating literacy. Hi, my name is Dr. John Alchemy with RateFast. Today in this educational piece, we're going to be talking again under the heading of impairment literacy. And the next thing we wanted to address is assessing the skill level of the author of the impairment report. I don't think this gets talked about um, very often. I think it's an important uh, piece and topic that we should discuss. Um, often when people are trying to determine the uh, skill set of a doctor doing an impairment report, they'll simply look at his or her um, resume. They'll see what kind of specialty the doctor is. They might want to know how long they've been doing workers' compensation, uh, estimate how many impairment reports they've written, etc. And all that's good and well. Um, you know, but we all know that unless you continue to actively work on your skills, um, even someone who's been doing it a very long time doesn't necessarily uh, indicate or uh, confirm to us that they have um, a good, accurate foundation of impairment writing skills. In fact, they could just be making the same uh, errors over and over again in each report. Um, in one of the earlier um, uh, podcasts we've talked about, we talked about taking inventory and becoming impairment report literate for anyone who has to handle or review these uh, cases and reports. And that's probably the most important thing. Once you start understanding and gain your literacy in reviewing and understanding impairment reports, you'll quickly be able to understand the quality and the detail of the author of the impairment report and uh, quickly be able to gauge what, what kind of job they're doing, the quality of the reports they're, they're turning out. Um, I think in general, um, as we talk about this, why is it important um, impairment rating in the medical field? We've talked about this a lot. There's a lot of money on the line. Um, there's a lot of time um, to be saved or wasted on the line for impairment reporting and uh, a lot of fighting and squabbling actually, and frankly, that takes, case, that, that takes place. Um, if a report isn't done clean, if it's not done accurate, if it doesn't include all the basic pieces it needs to for a rating, it's just going to cause sometimes more problems than it solves. So in a system where, you know, workers' compensation, particularly in California, is already extremely slow, um, there's a lot of moving pieces, there's a lot of delays. Having a bad report um, and a doctor that's not doing an accurate report or a complete report just adds to that confusion, cost, and delay. And those are the things that we obviously want to try to avoid. Um, specific certifications and qualifications doctors should possess in order to do impairment reports. The short answer is not really. Um, now, some people will say, gee, you know, these qualified medical doctors, they must know what they're doing. And on some level, there is some very basic training for a qualified medical evaluator. Um, when you first get your certificate, you pass your state test. And I've impressed this on um, listeners before that there is no question on the state qualified medical evaluator exam about how to do impairment reporting. So there's no quizzing. There's no testing of competency at all which is sort of kind of sad when you think about it, that 
we have all these doctors that was turning out as quote-unquote qualified medical evaluators. None of them have really been tested for competency in impairment rating. And that's really um, one of the main parts of their jobs doing this. So um, some of the factors I think that we should look at uh, for testing a doctor's competency or understanding um, the quality of reports they're turning out is really looking at the types of history and physicals that they do. Um, I always get a little concerned when I'm looking at a QME report or an AME report. Um, it's on a single body part or two, and it comes across your desk as 75 pages. Um, you know, that kind of says to me that the evaluator maybe just can't cut to the chase, um, that they, you know, may not really have a succinct approach to doing their impairment rating, or their physical exam may um, just kind of be. I don't like to use that word boilerplate, but sometimes it's boilerplate. It's not very targeted. Um, a lot of stuff in the physical exam that's not really essential, doesn't really feed into the impairment rating that much. Um, so in general, um, I always uh, look for impairment ratings from a primary treating physician, no more than eight to 10 pages. If you get in something longer than that, um, you know, there's probably some stuff in there that didn't need to be there. If you're getting something shorter than that, you might be getting, you know, not everything in the report that you need. And likewise, when I'm looking at QME or AME reports, if I'm seeing reports more than 25 pages, again, for more than one or two body parts, um, yeah, it just kind of draws a little bit of concern. And I wonder, well, you know, wh why? Wh where is all this coming from? Because we all know when someone picks up a report, there's just a few key parts that they want to look at and they want to look at them quickly. And then the second look at the report is, okay, I understand, you know, what's being presented here, but what did the doctor's physical exam and history really look like that came up and supports this impairment value that's printed at the bottom of the report? So, so those are just a couple of the things that I use when I'm trying to look at impairment reports, make a determination on, um, on the length of the report, who it's coming from, and the expectations of that. Um, the other thing that gets that gets talked about a lot is different doctors in different specialties doing impairment reports. Um, you know, we'll, what we do and what we see are some of the harder specialties um, to even get consults in: pulmonary, um, uh, cardiology, uh, hematology, some gastroenterology. Sometimes it's just really impossible to even get a doctor. Um, to act as a primary treater and do these reports. And I know that in my practice, often what happens is we put in a request for a specialist and there is no one in the network um, for that specialty. Like let's say uh, far Northern California, uh, up by Eureka, a border maybe um, of, of uh, Oregon. There's no one up there in the network on gastroenterology. And really the only option you have is to tell the insurance adjuster we have to do a panel QME to A, find out, confirm the diagnosis, B, figure out what the treatment is, C, if it's at you know maximal medical improvement. And, and so the specialists um, are rare in, in some of the subspecialties for impairment rating. And because of that, they just don't tend to do a lot of ratings as primary treating physicians. Often what we see are specialists who are maybe in the sunset of their career. Maybe they're in the, you know, the last 10 years and they're not really seeing a whole lot of patients and they're just doing a lot of QMEs and that's all fine. Um, and these doctors usually do um, a reasonably good job at the impairment rating 
as far as the history, relevant physical and diagnostic tests. Um, but, uh, but again, they're not treating patients very often. They're doing more of assessments um, and, and overall QME types of evaluations. Um, the potential uh, challenges and biases that might affect doctors and their competency of reports, this is um, a topic that we could go on and on and uh, has a lot of political ramifications. I always try to uh, pay attention as to who's doing the impairment report, what the doctor's position is, how the patient was referred to them, and if there's any um, expectations uh, about it. Um, we all know about the clinics that you know are uh, very dependent on you know having a lot of referrals or practices from insurance companies and one of the problems we get into sometimes is that doctors may or may not erroneously think that oh if I you know turn in a lower uh, impairment report I save money for the insurance company that'll make them happy and they'll send me more patients um, that is not necessarily the case and I think it's it's misunderstood because a good insurance adjuster knows that the best way to settle a, a case quickly and prevent a lot of QMEs and litigation is to actually get the correct impairment report the first time. Get that whole person impairment report out front. Know what your exposure is. Know what the real number is. And then you can have a better idea of reading the report and understanding if you've been done a service or a disservice by the provider that's doing the report. And I see this over and over again. Doctors trying to um, anticipate what they think the reader of the report or who the main consumer is. Maybe they're getting a referral from an applicant attorney and they think that they need to look for a high number, whatever that means. Maybe they're getting it from a defense attorney and they need to get a low rating for whatever that means or why. Um, so there is a little bit, um, I think, of expectations and the way that these reports are drafted sometimes. And again, if you have literacy and impairment reports, you know what the patient's history is. You can look at their charts. You can see their trends. And we'll be doing another podcast on this about big themes in impairment reports. Um, you're going to really understand if a report value comes back to you and it's out of its lane or not. And that's really the big point. I think what we should talk about in this segment understanding uh, doctors doing impairment reports, their credibility, um, and also being able to understand their command of the AMA guides, the history, the diagnostic tests, um, and so forth. And then finally, um, closing up this segment, what are some of the best practices for doctors who truly want to improve their impairment rating skills? Impairment rating um, skills really is a broad range, and Doctors who put in effort and truly want to learn the AMA guides, that shows up in their reports. And their reports, um, uh, in the beginnings, a, a doctor who legitimately wants to get better, they may not turn out great reports because it's like anything else. It requires understanding, study, and then some repetition and doing it again and again and having a system in place to make sure that you're hitting all the high points um, on the history, on the activities of daily living, making sure you have a minimal physical exam, making sure that you have um, the diagnostic tests there, and if they're not there, able to comment why. Um, and all this trickles down into future care and apportionment and pain add-ons and Elmer's Guzman and all these other things. So, so doctors who really want to improve their game need to systematize their approach to impairment rating. Um, RateFast has been doing this for 10 years now. 
um, systematizing impairment rating, making sure it's standardized for our clients, uh, be it an insurance company, uh, an attorney, a primary treating doctor, or a QME, it really doesn't matter. The approach is always the same. But um, if a doctor wants to have best practices, they really need to understand the integrity of their reports. Are they asking the questions? What really is the percentage of the completeness of their reports? And being open about it. Um, and the number of cases we do, which are thousands of reports of uh, various doctors in various settings, in general, the integrity scores on impairment reports from primary treaters usually can run anywhere from the low 50s up to the 60 and 70 percent range. And one of the surprising things that I'm going to tell you is that the agreed medical evaluators and the, and the qualified medical evaluators, their reports are not that much better when it comes to content quality rating accuracy. And I see this over and over again. However, their percentages may be another 10% higher than primary treaters. But I think that that is probably the greatest secret, the, 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 most, the most impressive thing that does not get talked about very much because no one really thinks about integrity of data sets. They think about the outcomes and sometimes judge these reports based on the length of pages, like I said before. So just to round up again, um, talking about doctors, their ability and competency to write impairment reports, a lot of it has to do with the, the context of the doctor. Where are they getting the report from? Do you think there's going to be any bias? Is it biased towards you because you sent the case? Is it biased against you because someone else sent the case? Those kind of things. Being able to understand the doctor's skill set and having that impairment literacy skill to be able to look at their history and say, you know what, this doctor knows what they're talking about because they hit all of the main AMA guides history in two or three sentences, you know, one to five questions. They got it right down and they showed and demonstrated a good command of how to interview for activities of daily living in a clear and succinct way that's not confusing. Um, looking at their physical exam, you know, did they really do a bunch of stuff that didn't need to be done? Is the critical stuff that's supposed to be done in the report? And how did they interpret that, you know, when they went through their discussion with the impairment rating? And then diagnostic testing, were the tests done correctly? Were they interpreted correctly? Were they applied correctly? And again, as I said, all of these things trickle down through all of the elements of the report, the future care, the apportionment, the pain add-on, the Almaraz Guzman, etc. So I hope this has um, been valuable to you. I hope it has uh, spurred a couple of questions in the back of your mind about really thinking about how to assess a doctor's um, skill set and ability to do accurate, consistent impairment reports. And we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks so much and appreciated giving you the presentation. Thanks for listening. For more about impairment rating literacy, visit our blog at blog.rate-fast.com. And to learn more about RateFast Express Workers' Compensation Impairment Report Service, visit rate-fast.com. And if you have any questions or comments about our show, feel free to shoot us an email at caworkcompreport at rate-fast.com.